myself and I'm not sure whether Santi was there yet then or not. But anyway, we're all sitting around together at the staff. We're eating, and and Pastor Kerry looked over at Jeanette and said, Jeanette, do you remember when when I was an intern and you and I were talking and you said, Kerry, you want to have pretty kids? Then stay at Good News because Good News has pretty kids. And we do. I, I thank God for just a blessing that we have of having such handsome young men and beautiful young girls and uh, we count that such a joy. But Daniel Rudd and his team did a wonderful job with, with the kids. Thanks so very much for that. Let's open with prayer. Our Father, Lord, we come to you and recognize so much our need for you. We need your strength. We need wisdom and discernment in life. And, Father, with this holiday season, Lord, as we look toward the celebration of our Savior, we ask, Father, that you would help us to stay focused on you. Father, we, we pray for today, Father, that that you, in a wonderful way, would remind us, God, of the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. I ask, Father, that you would speak through me and use your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think it would be so wrong to, to begin without first acknowledging the horrific thing that happened in our nation, in the state of Connecticut, on on Friday, I know for myself it was depressing just to think what happened. The time when we look forward within two weeks to celebrating the the birth of our Savior, that we're we're hit and reeling from this event. Our hearts are saddened by the deaths. Our prayers go out to those family members and loved ones. And the truth is, we live in a spiritually dark world. And our nation has turned from God. We could talk about so many other events that illustrate this spiritual condition within our world and within our nation. On Friday, the very same day that, that the shootings took place in Connecticut, NBC News uh, had a, a wire regarding uh, Beijing, China. And a knife-wielding man slashed 22 children at a school. First week in December, a college professor in Wyoming was killed by his son with a bow and arrow as he came into the classroom. As we look at our nation, we see that darkness is, there's more and more resistance to the gospel of Jesus Christ and more and more an openness to other religions, to tolerance. And tolerance is okay in one sense, but there is truth, absolute truth. We see this darkness in our nation as we look at the number of abortions performed. 
as we look at acceptance of homosexuality, as we look at just the rejection of God. So like the U.S. today, Israel waited in darkness and hopelessness for their Messiah. Israel had chosen to go its own way, turning from God. And as they did that, they plunged themselves into darkness. Some seven, eight hundred years before Christ was born, the prophet Isaiah foretold the birth of Israel's Messiah. Isaiah 9, we read, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The people of Israel had, had longed for and looked toward that Messiah that would come and save them. Earlier in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, we read of this same prophecy. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. In the book of Matthew, New Testament, Matthew 1, verses 21 through 23, we see that Matthew takes this passage from Isaiah, he quotes it, and he comments, or kind of clarifies this prophecy of Jesus Christ's birth. He says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The birth of Jesus Christ is the good news, as the kids talked about. He was Israel's long-awaited Messiah. His birth is also good news for us. We heard the kids quote from Luke 2 about the angels appearing to the shepherds and saying, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The people in Israel walked in darkness, just as we do as a nation. As we have turned from God and his ways, and sought happiness in our own ways rather than God's ways, we as a nation, too, have plunged into darkness. And the prophecy of Israel's Messiah is a prophecy also of our Savior. Someone has written, The good news is that the God who is with us is also a God who wants to turn our darkness into light our conflict into peace, our loss into abundance, and our despair into joy.
First, we see then the birth of our Savior was good news. Good news for Israel. Good news for us as a nation. Good news for the world. Second, we see this good news was about the birth of a child. If we were to look back over Israel's history, we'd see that God seemed to almost always tie in a child at the heart of his covenants. The Garden of Eden, God promised Eve's offspring would crush the head of the serpent. And later with Abraham, God promised that Abraham, um, that through Sarah, that Abraham and she would bear a child who would be the first of countless descendants. And then, of course, the Isaiah passage that we looked at earlier there. The Jews had waited for a child to be born who would become Israel's deliverer. They had a wrong idea of who and what the Messiah would be. They saw him as bringing in this age when God's people would be finally on top. No more oppression. No more bondage. Every Jewish woman desired to be used by God to bring this Messiah into the world. We think about Christmas too often. We think about being a babe. And yes, we celebrate the birth of our Savior, but Christmas isn't just about the birth of a baby. It's easy to see these depictions of Christ, whether it's in a Christmas card, or whether it's just in decorations. Seem as a baby, and forget that the incarnation of Jesus Christ, when he became flesh and dwelt among us, wasn't just about him being a babe. It goes so far beyond that. I like what Anne Spangler, in her book, named Praying the Names of Jesus. She says, so Christmas, the great feast of the incarnation, is about the baby. And it's not about the baby. It's about the great story of God's love that stretched across the centuries toward the climax of the life of this child, Jesus. She goes on, No wonder Simeon, when he held the child, said, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many will be, dis- will be revealed. So first, as the kid said earlier, Jesus Christ is the good news. Jesus Christ is that child that was born. And third, Jesus Christ is the Savior. In Luke 2, we heard the kids read, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born in this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Matthew 1.21 says that she will bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from his, their sins. We see just from these two verses, it's very clear that 
we, we need a Savior. There are quite a lot of other verses that, that say we need a Savior. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's also clear from Scripture that we can't save ourselves. We can't work our way to heaven. Isaiah 64, 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And yet, Scripture is so very clear that God has provided a way to God himself and to heaven. Romans ten thirteen says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 9 powerful picture of who we are without Christ. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, but God made us alive because of his great love for us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. Not of, not of works so that no one can boast. In the midst of darkness, Christ shines in our world. He brings hope in the midst of darkness around us. As we think about the events that took place on Friday, we see that deep, deep darkness. Christ brings light. A passage that God has used often in our lives in the midst of maybe lost of loved ones or just tough times. Psalm 18:28 says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. My God turns my darkness into light. Our God desires in the midst of life around us, in the midst of the darkness, even in the midst of what happened this past Friday, he desires to light our way and to bring us in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the despair, to give us hope. I think that most of us, if not all of us, were devastated when we heard Friday about the Connecticut shootings. It left that hopelessness about the world. And it reminds us uh, that it's only in Christ that we can have hope. I was reminded of comments that Ben Stein, an actor and writer, an economist, a lawyer, he's a lot of different things, an entertainer. He's Jewish. He's not a believer. But going back to, to Katrina, uh, he talked about Ann Graham Lott was on CBS uh, early morning show. And 
the question was asked regarding Katrina. How could God, how could God let something like this happen? How could God let this happen? And we could ask the same question about Sandy a few weeks ago, about Friday. How could, how could God let it happen? And Anne Benstein says, gave a, an extremely profound and insightful response. She said, I believe God is deeply saddened by this, just as we are. But for years, we've been telling God to get out of our schools, to get out of our, get out of our government, and to get out of, out of our lives. And being the gentleman that he is, I believe that he has calmly backed out. How can we expect God to give us his blessings and his protection if we demand he leave us alone? powerful. Well, Stein continued on. He says, I think it started with Madeline Murray O'Hare. Some of you may not remember her, I think back in the 60s, but she was the one who demanded that we not have prayer in school. And when she said that, Ben Stein says, and we said, okay. And then someone said, you better not read the Bible in school. And we said, okay. We forgot that the Bible says we should not kill. We should not steal. And we should love our neighbor as ourselves. But we as a nation said, okay. Stein continues. Then Dr. Benjamin Spock said we shouldn't spank our children when they misbehave because their little personalities would be warped and we might damage their self-esteem. Stein, Stein, Mr. Stein then reminds us that Dr. Spock's son uh, died from suicide. But we said an expert, an expert should know what he's talking about. So we said, okay. And now, And again, this is not, this is going back to Katrina, but it hits so true for today. And he continued on, he said, and now we're asking ourselves why our children have no conscience and why they don't know right from wrong and why it doesn't bother them to kill strangers, their classmates, and themselves. Probably, if we think about it long and hard enough, we can figure it out. I think it has a great deal to do with we reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. Again, Mr. Stein is not a believer. He's, he's Jewish. I heard him just this past week talking about some things and in, in, oh, he's talking about Christmas and how as a Jew he has no problem with someone saying Merry Christmas. He has no problem with the celebrations we have because it's a part of who we are as a nation and our culture. But I thought it was good insight that he had. Well, we today as individuals, we run around exploring different religions. I'm not talking about us, but our nation. We, there's, a, 
there's a running here and there. And, and sometimes I do hear of, of those who are raised in church and they're off looking at these different religions and different philosophies. By the end of the day, when we lay our heads down on the pillow, our souls are still empty. When we lie our heads on the pillows at night, there's still that emptiness. When what are you trusting and resting in this morning? And what does your life find meaning and purpose? We live in a world that seeks answers, it seems, everywhere except for God's Word. And yet, what is facing life today in this disappointing world, or what is looking toward eternity, God has provided an answer. Christ Jesus is the hope. He is our hope. In midst of a world filled with darkness. What will happen for you the second after you take your last breath on earth and depart and death? Consider the good news that the kids talked about. Jesus the Christ was born as a baby. And as our Savior, he died for our sins. And he rose from the dead, and he reigns in eternity, in eternal glory. And in this moment, if you've never repented of your sins, if you've never come to Christ and asked him to be your Savior, he desires that we repent and that we embrace him. And it's this time at Christmas when we celebrate the birth of this baby. We must remember he came as a babe. Yes, good news. As a child. But he grew up and he died for your sins and for my sins. And he longs for us to repent and to turn to him. We all face that fundamental choice. Will we continue to live independent? Of Christ, and if so, we face that that continual restlessness within our soul, because nothing on earth satisfies except for Jesus Christ. And so we continue with that restlessness. God's word is clear that eventually, after death, to be gathered into a like a useless branch into a pile to be burned to die in a never-ending state of alienation from God. Or we can submit to him. We can come to him as our Savior and abide in his peace. Enjoy his company, his fellowship. What will it be for you? What will it be? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, it's so easy at Christmas time to look toward the, the gifts and the giving 
and forget the purpose behind our celebration. Father, thank you for loving us so much, Lord, that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. And we pray, Father, that you would continue to remind us of our need for you. And Father, if there's anyone here today who has never put their faith in Christ, that they would. And Father, as we close up and have a song, Lord, for anyone who comes and maybe they're just burdened, Father, from, from all the, the, the events that took place on Friday and all around the world, Father, may we find comfort in Christ and Him alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.